did not move up and down, nor did he stir uncomfortably in the cold. He lay there, naked under his sheet, eyes closed. He did not wait, for he was beyond waiting, just as he was beyond being late or being on time. One might be tempted to say that the man simply was. But that would be untrue, for he was no more. Two other forms lay, similarly covered, in the room, though they were closer to the walls. The bearded man was in the center. If a man who always lies tells someone he is a liar, is he telling the truth? If no one is alive in a room, is the room empty? A door was opened on the far side and held open by a tall, thin man in a white lab jacket. He stood there long enough for another man to pass in front of him and enter the room. The first man released the door. It closed slowly, giving a quiet, almost liquid click that sounded loud in the cold room. He's over there, Guido, Dottor Rizzardi said, coming up behind Guido Brunetti, commissario di polizia of the city of Venice. Brunetti stopped, in the manner of the hiker, and looked across at the white-covered ridge of the man. Rizzardi walked past him to the slab on which the dead man lay. He was stabbed in the lower back three times with a very thin blade, less than two centimeters wide, I'd say, and whoever did it was very good or very lucky. There are two small bruises on the front of his left arm, Rizzardi said, stopping beside the body. And water in his lungs, he added. So he was alive when he went into the water, but the killer got a major vein. He didn't have a chance. He bled to death in minutes. Then, grimly, Rizzardi added, before he could drown. Before Brunetti could ask, the pathologist said, It happened last night, sometime after midnight, I'd say. Because he's been in the water, that's as close as I can come. Brunetti remained halfway to the table his eyes going back and forth between the dead man and the pathologist. What happened to his face? Brunetti asked, aware of how difficult it would be to recognize a photo of him. Indeed, how difficult it would be even to look at a photo of that broken, swollen face. My guess is that he fell forward when he was stabbed. He was probably too stunned to put out his hands to break his fall. Could you take a photo? Brunetti asked, wondering if Rizzardi could disguise some of the damage. You want to ask people to look at it? It was not an answer Brunetti liked, but it was an answer. Then, after a moment, the pathologist said, I'll do what I can. Brunetti asked, What else? I'd say he's in his late forties, in reasonably good health. He isn't someone who works with his hands, but I can't say more than that. Why is he such an odd shape? Brunetti asked as he approached the table. You mean his chest? Rizzardi asked. And the neck? Brunetti added, his eyes drawn to its thickness. It's something called Madelung's disease, Rizzardi said. I've read about it and I remember it from med school, but I've never seen it before, only the photos. What causes it? Brunetti asked, coming to stand beside the dead man. Rizzardi shrugged. 
Who knows? As if he'd himself just heard a doctor saying such a thing, he quickly added, There's a common link to alcoholism, sometimes drug use, though not in his case. He wasn't a drinker, not at all. And I didn't see signs of drug use. He paused, then went on. Most alcoholics don't get it, thank God, but most of the men who get it, and it's almost always men, are alcoholics. No one seems to understand why it happens. Stepping closer to the corpse, Rizzardi pointed to the neck, which was especially thick at the back, where Brunetti could see what appeared to be a small hump. Before he could ask about it, Rizzardi continued, It's fat. It accumulates here, he said, pointing to the hump. And here, he indicated what looked like breasts under the white cloth.